0: Hello, everyone. I'm so grateful that you're here. The Brush is a lounge for women, a place where we share conversations about our brushes with love, life, and everything in between. I'm Monique Walker. Welcome to The Brush. (laughs) Coming up, (laughs) you're going to be hearing from (laughs) Yana and Aise Mea, and they are wonderful therapists. They're going to be sharing more information with us. Stay tuned. Everybody, she is a licensed psychotherapist and clinical social worker and certified marriage and relationship educator specializing in couples and family work in the state of Maryland and the District of Columbia. He is a certified functional family therapist and licensed graduate social worker, also a certified marriage and relationship educator, specializing in couples and family work. Now get this, everybody, they are high school sweethearts and have been together for 24 years and married for 17. Now let's talk about this sex addiction thing welcome to the two of you thank Very you good. glad to be back good and let's talk about sex addiction let's just pour right into it COVID-19 is in full effect people are locked away in home stress we talked about it a little bit earlier and how it can impact addiction pornography is on the rise it is it is it is out of control Tell me about sex addiction and some things that you all have experienced with some of your own uh, in some of your own research and some of your clients.
1: So when it comes to um, sexual addiction, um, you know what we've seen is that a lot of people, as you mentioned, are really struggling um, during this time period, but even prior to um, with being able to manage their desires, their appetite, and their realistic expectations of what mm-hmm. sex should and does look like. And mm-hmm. so, because pornography um is really at every, at everybody's fingertips um uh, depending upon you know just what your threshold is, you can enter into a number of different worlds, a number of different crevices that that can expose you and open you up to um heightened sensitivity in the area of sex arousal and mm-hmm. so what I mean more specifically about that is if you can get on your keyboard and within minutes um and then sometimes maybe within seconds. Um, get some element of stimulation. And the belief becomes that when I'm engaged in a relationship with my man or with my woman, mm-hmm. then the, the, the arousal, the sensitivity should be kind of similar to what I'm experiencing, you know, at the tip of my fingers. And mm-hmm. so again, my expectation is that my woman responds the way that I see, <coughs> excuse me, the way that I see women respond on my computer screen or my phone. Um, and that men also respond the same way that I'm watching them respond on my computer screen on phone. And that's not real life y'all. That's not real Mm -hmm. life. And so what sex addiction really consists of is um, you develop an appetite, um, going through a period or process of uh, repetition. It's a progressive um, intimacy disorder, which really challenges people in the space of having a realistic understanding of what it means to be in a healthy, vibrant sexual relationship instead of imposing these false narratives or beliefs on what sex actually should be. And mm-hmm. so it's, a, it's a really a danger zone in relationships because there's so many unrealistic expectations and people are having a hard time meeting those expectations because again, um, it's not what real love and what real sex looks like. A lot mm-hmm. of times they're just actors. And
0: mm-hmm. so you're
1: trying to perform in a real life relationship as you may see um, actors perform on the screen and it just doesn't work that way.
0: Hmm. And so when we talk about addiction, and, and when I say addiction, it, it, it boils down to can't get enough. So, I mean, it's almost like a drug, you know, people on cocaine or any type of drug that, that is being abused, there's this desire to reach this euphoria that it does it either happens or doesn't happen, and then you want it again and again and again and again and again. But isn't that a false sense of of desire to to wanna live there that to get to that place that way well sure it
2: is and and you you're you're right on the money with that because you know any kind of addiction is about compulsion so when you have an addictive behavior, whether it's eating or um, sex um, or shopping, gambling, there's a compulsion that's there to experience whatever the activity is um, and, and to get this, this kind of euphoric feeling, as you described, um, or this relief of um, um, whatever feeling you may be experiencing that's unwanted. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can also move into it because you're trying to get away from things that are uncomfortable. And so th- there is this, this seeking of this intense kind of um, feeling that takes you away and deflects and, and kind of uh, pulls your attention away from whatever the distress is or whatever, um, you know, you're you're experiencing this unwanted. The, mm-hmm. the piece that's here is that yes, it's taking you away from your real life. I mean, the reality is that folks who, um, you know, say they are really um, on this path of really trying to recover, um, whether it's from sex addiction or any addiction,
0: talk mm-hmm. about
2: all the time, The Mm -hmm. one thing that they all have in common, they talk about um, how life is much more um, vibrant, much more clear. They're they're much more rooted in what's happening around them and in their feelings and emotions and thoughts and moods. They're much more aware of it. And that while that is on some level challenging, it Mm -hmm. is also rewarding. You know, and Mm so again, you can be drinking alcohol or you can be moving towards sex. Um, or picking up, you know, going to get the next best thing to eat. It is Mm -hmm. all to try to get away from the reality of what's happening. And right now during Mm -hmm. COVID-19, everybody... Is it is more vulnerable? We're all more mm-hmm. vulnerable. um mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about sex addiction here, but to you know whether you're in the house all day and all there is is like, okay, what else I'm going to make to eat? You know, yeah. <laughs> so Getting into some, to some, you know, like what's what's next? Let me go Google a recipe because you know mm-hmm. I have more time on my hands, and so we can get into these repeated patterns um and habits that that really relieve us of some of the anxiety that we're living with today, the uncertainty about how long is this thing going to last, what is it going to look like. Um mm-hmm. are we gonna ever be safe again? We have loved ones who have underlying conditions that make them more vulnerable or perhaps it's ourselves. Uh, and that's a lot to be dealing with. So mm-hmm. um this compulsive behavior, what we always talk about in terms of replacing um or overcoming or, or really getting sober in whatever area you're looking at, it has mm-hmm. to be replaced with something else. You can't just, you know, you're just gonna stop cold turkey and you don't have something else, whether it is focusing on, um, you know, healthy habits, or, you know, joining um, an exercise group, or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, sometimes for folks, it's, you know, really getting rooted in their spirituality. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole other conversation, because then sometimes folks can go all the way to the other side. And now, You know, mm-hmm. you do, you're doing the same thing. You're just trying to get away from whatever the un, the feelings are. But now it's, it's through exercise, which has a positive right. effect. But you you're still not dealing with your feelings. Or it's through it's through Jesus and the Bible and everything is holy. But you still ain't dealing with the reality of your situation. Right. <laughs> um, Hallelujah. <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So we got to be mindful. We got to mm-hmm. be mindful that we there are those people who have who are more um, predisposed to addictive behaviors. So we have those um, those histories in our families. Um, and we can see that if we just look in our families and it doesn't always look like, again, being strung out on drugs. You can be a workaholic. You can be any number of things um, that, that really keep you focused on something to take you away from whatever it is that's uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. this addictive piece is hard, mm-hmm. but it's definitely manageable the more aware you become. hmm
0: And so then I want to throw this out there. The drive, the sex drive, how... I mean, what, what, what do they do? Because, you know, whatever the habit is when, because I, I was just telling somebody I have bought, we stocked up on food and now I don't know if I'm going to be big, you know, small enough to get out <laughs> the door when they say we can return to society, <laughs> you know, so right. I've had to change my own patterns because, you know, I've shut my office down. So I'm working from home. But sitting here, I've developed new habits. I'm a writer. So now I'm looking to food, which I've never, never, I'm like, this is not me, but I'm on top of it now. What about when the drive, when it's out of control and this, when it overtakes you and you can't do anything about it, what are you going to do now? Because now you're locked down. And what, what are you, what are you going to do with that drive? Because the intensity of it is, is so unmanageable or could become so unmanageable that you could end up hurting someone or you could end up doing damage to yourself or, 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 you know, you know, fragmenting your own character because of a drive. What do you do with the drive?
1: You know, one of the important things to really get through this is to constantly be in the process of self-reflection and doing self-assessment. So, um, you can do some behavioral sequencing, which would enable you to um, really look at your thought, um, emotion, ac- action sequence, um, and possibly assist you in trying to identify some triggers that are leading to the action, leading to the behavior.
2: Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that we focus on with folks, particularly when, you, when we're looking at behaviors that we know become, um, you know, start to become problematic uh, and, and are leaning in that addictive mm-hmm. um, pattern, mm-hmm. is two mm-hmm. things. Interrupt it. Or postpone it if you can start to interrupt the behavior and, or mm-hmm. postpone the behavior when you interrupt it you're starting to um really message to your brain that i'm not just going to lean into or um you know just give way to my feelings every time i'm going to interrupt it by perhaps i was going to get up and you know go over here and you know pick up the computer and watch some porn i was going to go and go to the refrigerator instead i'm going to get up and go out go out my backyard and just walk around i'm going to get up mm-hmm. and um, go call call my girlfriend, right? I'm just trying to interrupt it and, and mm-hmm. postpone the behavior. And when we can, um, the research shows, when we can interrupt and start to postpone, then we can allow for the intensity of the feelings to come mm-hmm. and then to subside. They can subside and go away. It may not happen every time, but when we start to do that more and more, And we'll recognize that. Oh, that's, what is that? That's called building your will power. That's called building your ability to push back on impulses by interrupting and postponing. So those are two things that I think are important is the interruption and the postponement.
0: Wow. Okay. And then, so now you're in the behavior and you are lying to cover it up or you, and, and it's escalating. What do you do when you, are bringing other people into that even to the point that you're trying to interrupt it or postpone it but now you've included someone else because you're exposed you're you're shut down you're locked up you can't do nothing where where is that can people still call you or how do they if they need help what can they still reach out because a lot of hospitals a lot of resources that you could normally get to get help you can't do do you all, are you all doing any kind of digital support mm-hmm. through this? Yeah.
2: Right. Well, I think that they see, this is some of the silver lining that's happening. I call it the silver lining during this COVID pandemic. So for us, we've been providing services virtually um, forever for the Mm -hmm. past, you know, 10, years, but, Mm -hmm. um, the whole world is getting caught up now and everyone is being forced to go online. So now, you know, when you are wanting to go to the doctor or go and, and see a therapist, um, or you're saying I'm having a problem, um, you know, with, with addiction or, um, I'm feeling um, depressed or I feel suicidal or whatever it is,
0: Mm-hmm. You can
2: find it online. Folks are coming online, and it's it's out of a necessity. But I do believe that this is going to change the way that we do um, business, and the way that Americans and people across the world are going to, you know, engage in their, particularly around mental health and behavioral health um, concerns, relationship concerns, um, and getting therapy and and psychological support. Because what I believe is that there are there's a certain subset of folks. Who would already who 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 would never come and walk into nobody's office anyway? They're not mm-hmm. going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come and and sit down in front of doctor so and so or come see a therapist. They're just not doing that. They, and, and particularly, um, you know, people of color who have a lot of stigma that they've got to combat within themselves before they even get the courage to to follow through and do that. And so. Getting online and accessing um, services and people online is going to be, um, you know, revolutionary for a lot of folks because they don't have to tell anybody, don't got to be going nowhere. Nobody has to be in their in their business. Now, mm-hmm. at some point, they need. You know, we all need to get to a certain level of self-love and acceptance so that we're not, you know, wanting to keep everything locked un- under, you know, uh, lock and key so that nobody knows anything. But that's the process. And everybody has a right to their own personal process. So online, people can c- connect with us. Um there are lots of um I, I don't know really in the last um thirty uh, sixty days, I don't know of any colleagues that I have, and I know quite a few people um who are providing um psychological services mental health services um physicians who's not who does not have now a
0: way for to be accessed and to provide that care online mhm mhm what's the what do you do i mean, cause you you're you're met with that same level of guilt and um, you know, resistance to be exposed. And I, I mean, I I actually went out to do some research on pornography and I'd like to invite you all back to have some conversation. I, I just think we need to keep having all of these conversations that we don't want to talk about. I was blown away at the number of users that are out seeking pornography. And I'm just like, I don't, I just, I don't get it who are these people they say a lot of them are merit people a lot of them are uh, the the rise in, in women is is on the rise what, what what have we what have we lost to 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 become so reliant on something what is missing because this isn't really about sex this is about something bigger than that this is this mm-hmm. is something else you know
2: yeah yeah well i i think you know of course when you get into that area of um, particularly for folks who have a pattern of use, and they are doing that really consistently, then so we know that for many people, it is a stress reliever. It, it becomes a habit and a way of being able to engage and go to a place of um, fantasy, of escape, um, so that you don't have to necessarily deal with, you know, what what's going on in your day-to-day, or mm-hmm. that you just have a way to decompress. But a yeah. lot of folks are also um, looking at it for arousal. So when we talk about folks who are not necessarily having sex in their marriage, that kind of thing. Um, it is a human need to to, have, to, to, to be aroused and to have um, some sexual expression. Um, so uh, folks look to it for that. Folks also look to um, pornography, particularly young people who haven't had a lot of sexual experiences um, for education. Not the mm-hmm. best place to look for education. It's not the best way to get it, but folks mm-hmm. are trying to figure out what do you do? How does it work? Well, you know, that kind of thing. And they're looking um, there and then um, loneliness. We know a lot of folks are lonely, wow. they're bored, um, and they don't have, you know, connections. And so I'm telling you that the the human brain will find a way to connect, even when you're by yourself on your own. And so if you have these characters or these folks you can watch online and fantasize about and so forth, um, you can have a whole production right in your bedroom with yourself, uh, you know. <laughs> And that's that's really true. And so, yes. so we we you know there there are lots of things. Um, and there are couples who engage in pornography and do that together and enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. it's really about having this sense of balance and for folks to be able to be honest with themselves when mm-hmm. when there's this compulsive kind of thing going on because there are deeper things at play, like you've already mentioned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Go ahead
1: yeah I was going to say one thing that I wanted to lift up is that when it comes to this area, it's really important that that um you know people really have an appreciation for the fact that we are physical um beings as well as mental, emotional, and spiritual, and so you know if you neglect and if you overlook or even attempt to minimize the um the physical nature the the sexual drive the biological wiring that we have to um engage sexually. Um, with people to have sexual expression, it's a normal thing. It's really a normal mm-hmm. thing. So do we, we don't want to demonize it and make it seem like it's a bad thing. Right. It's normal to have a to have a healthy or to have a sexual appetite. That's a normal thing. So with mm-hmm. that being said, what's become more normal in our society is that we've developed a microwave mentality versus a crock pot mentality. And so, yeah. um, you know. We, yeah, we have, I say, we, we've we developed a microwave mentality versus a crockpot mentality where mm-hmm. we have this belief, this idea that everything is supposed to happen instantly.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: in the area of sex, um, you know, it's easier. It's much easier to, again, hop on your computer, hop on your phone and type in some stuff and see some stuff and to meet that sexual need, that sexual desire. Um, in an instant. It's much easier to do that than to put in the work to engage your partner. Mm-hmm. And so as we get older, some people get lazier. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get older, your body doesn't respond the same way physically. You might not be able to contort and stretch and move and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, do backflips and stuff like you used to. And so, you know, sex can be an exhausting experience. And so I would rather not work up a sweat. I would rather not feel like I'm, yeah. um, in all sorts of ways to engage in an experience, I would much rather prefer just to lay comfortably on my bed, control the experience, and engage in a session with myself, like my wife said, a whole production all by myself. It just makes it easier. It's not the healthiest way to engage in an intimate, um, loving and compassionate and, and, and fully vibrant sexual relationship, but this is what people resort to sometimes just simply because it's easier. I can get my needs met without being fatigued at the end
0: but you know the, the, the <laughs> brain is a, is a crazy thing because i've heard people say they've done that for so long and now it's hard to revert back to being in a relationship with another person yeah. they, they mm-hmm. can't connect mm-hmm. but then the other thing is there's you know there's that there, there, i don't know this you just don't get away because there's still afterwards that doesn't mean that you're satisfied or you're happy because guilt and shame mm-hmm. and and all and then the you know even if you buy yourself the fear of mm-hmm. the, the same thing ends up being a part of the fantasy in your mind you know what I'm saying so so yeah. I don't care how many times you you feel like you can go there and you can have these experiences you your the low is just like with a drug when you come down that mm-hmm. what it was is still there right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. That that's, right. that's right. That is right. Yes, right. That's that. So that is the root um, thing that we have to look at for all kinds of addictive kinds of patterns and and behaviors. Is that there's always something underlying that that's not being met and not being fulfilled.
0: Wow. I got to have you back, but we got one minute to get your husband to that conference that he has.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I would
0: thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Can you briefly, in the moments that we have left, tell people where they can find information about you, how they can get in touch with you, how they can attend some of your retreats and some of just the amazing things that you all are doing in addition to your services. If you can tell them real quickly, we'll wrap things up.
2: Okay. Well, thank you again, Monique, for having us in this yes, wonderful podcast that you have and the work that you're doing. If folks want to continue to stay connected with us or reach out, they can find us um, at blackloveandmarriage.com. That's our blog. Um, and when you go there, there's lots of resources and information, videos and articles and so forth. And there's also a way to get in touch with us. We provide um, counseling and coaching um, online, and um, and you can stay connected by going there and getting on our email list as well so that you can stay updated with upcoming events.
0: Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I had one last question, and, and I don't know if he can grab this. What are y'all doing with the children? How do you find intimacy with all the babies at home, 24 hours a day now? Let me tell you something. We
2: got, we got structure up in here. Okay. We got structure. We like, look, it's time to go to bed. Your time is up. My husband does not play. He's like, um, it's time to be up. It's time to lay down. It's time to go do this. And so that has been, has been our saving grace because he's probably the most structured person uh-huh, <laughs> between uh-huh. he, he and I. Um, uh-huh. And he's like, look, so y'all got to go and, and we make sure we get our, our personal time and our time to de-stress. It is definitely much more difficult now that we can't roll out the way that we want to but it is not impossible. So I say that to give a word to your listeners, you can find space. You just have to be structured and to be, and put them boundaries in place. So many people don't got boundaries with their kids. They let their kids just come on in and do everything. Well, I want you to be with me. I want this. No, this is our time.
0: Our time. (laughs) Setting time for yourself. I'm gonna have to have you back. And thank you both so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate this. Go check them out, guys. I follow them on Instagram. You will really see what you hear today. They are the real deal, 100%. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. All right, we'll talk again soon. Keep up with The Brush on Instagram and Facebook at The Brush Lounge. Also, check out The Brush Lounge community at www.thebrushlounge.com.